so Claire Holdstock has been exhibiting at Artlink on uh, Princess Avenue um, this week. Um, her exhibition is called Concrete Wasteland. Um, and the, the blurb on the wall as you come in says, Concrete Wasteland brings together Claire Holdstock's recent body of work in which she begins to dig beneath the surface of and to unearth the rich trajectory of 20th century architectural modernism. Now, Claire, we've spoken before about your love of modernism and your thoughts on modernism. So um, tell me about this exhibition and then lead me on a little trail through it. Um, So this, as you've just heard, this exhibition brings together my recent body of work. Um, It's based on a series of drawings that I've been working on since I moved back to Hull, um, which is quite a few months ago now, actually at the beginning of the year in February. Um, And the drawings explore quite a few themes that I've been interested in since university. Um, If you're walking around the exhibition, you'll basically see these sort of strong fun, like frontal view images of um, Bauhaus architecture um, you'll see the building that was the Bauhaus school from 1919 to 1928 um, and you'll see three figures at the front of the building um, looking quite triumphant <laughs> a lot of people have been commenting tonight that um, asking if they're carrying guns. Yes, yes. A, a couple of people have asked me that. Take me over to one of the images. Where should we go next? Take me over. Now we're we're looking at um, a fairly grayscale image of a, a very much a, a Bauhaus-inspired piece of architecture. Um, the uh, in gold to the right-hand side. There's 1919 to 1928. Um, the, the sort of peak Bauhaus period. So tell me about this image, Claire. Um, I feel like a little bit, first of all, I should maybe tell people a little about the Bauhaus, as most of the people here have not really known about the movement or even about the word. They've never heard the term Bauhaus before. Um, the Bauhaus school ran from sort of the early 1900s to the late 1930s before it was closed down by the Nazis um, when they sort of established themselves in Germany Um, and it was a really modern movement and it sort of in many ways it it was a movement that led on to contemporary design like the Ikea furniture that people have in the houses, the desks the sort of um, minimal furniture the Bauhaus movement inspired all of this. The colours of the Bauhaus were red, yellow and blue. Um, really striking primary colours which hadn't really been used in interior design before this movement. So, Is it a case of design over art? Bauhaus is very functional rather than artistic? Um, quite the contrary to that. I think the Bauhaus tried to merge design, interior design, architecture and graphic design with art. They sort of saw how these things could become unified and there could be an art in everyday life for the masses to experience in the, in the homes, like in the IKEA furniture, um, etc. Okay. 
lead me on to uh, your next piece. So here we're standing in front of another piece by Claire. Um, it, it's basically the same image as the, the grayscale and gold image we've just looked at, the same dates up the right-hand side. How is this, how is this difference? What, what, what's this about? I feel like I might be being a little um, <laughs> intellectual and pretentious at this point. <laughs> but, um, go, on, go on, take me though. So this series, which is the beginning of a series that I plan to continue is about the Bauhaus and the relation of the Bauhaus to William Morris, the artist, designer, craftsman, poet. The whole craft work movement. He's a huge figure and basically came up with the arts and crafts movement, which is a huge movement in Britain from sort of the, the verge from the late 19th century to the beginning of the 20th century. Um... And William Morris is a figure who is obsessed with medievalism. Mm. Um, so this series of works um, is trying to explore and to dissect um, the relevance of William Morris and William Morris's work and its influence on the Bauhaus school. Um, the Bauhaus, no one really knows if they even know about the Bauhaus. <laughs> Um, but really influenced by medievalism Um, and I think that's been edited a lot out of modern art history the Bauhaus is seen as this cutting edge movement that influenced all of these graphic design like simple minimalist images and no one really no one really is told about this obsession that Bauhaus figures such as um, Walter Grapius or Peter Behrens, um, which some of the joints in the exhibition also um, explore um, pieces of architecture of. Um, they were obsessed with medievalism and they really admired the handicraft and handiwork that went into medieval um, design and sort of the Gothic architecture, Gothic churches, all of those like remnants of Gothicism that still exist um, in Britain today. So. Now, <laughs> something, something that really contrasts with that obsession with the medieval, medieval art. I'm looking at two paintings now on the opposite side of the gallery uh, where there's, well, this, this strikes me as being a little bit Disney. Uh, we've got two sort of golden silhouettes of what could be Thumper, the rabbit. Um, am I right or am I wrong? Um, yeah, you are right. That is Thumper that you can see in all of his golden glory. <laughs> um, and, and what contrasts uh, with the golden Thumper in these particular images? So you're looking at a golden um, rendering of Thumper. Um, Thumper exists in these drawings, um, made in gold leaf and gold acrylic paint. Um, he sits above two sort of striking modernist pieces of architecture. Um, and in my eyes, in the drawings, he's sort of mocking them or flirting around them in a sort of strange reverie. <laughs> um, uh, I came up with the idea of Thumper um, as a reaction to Owen Hathaway's uh, notion or comment on the disnification of urban space. Um, 
which is like his comment on postmodernist architecture, postmodernist piece of architecture like the Shard um, and the Gherkin, um, where architects sort of present this sort of Disney rosy idea of life and how life should be and how spaces should be. But a lot of these spaces actually counter to the modernist spaces that movements like the Bauhaus inspired only exist for the rich um, and they're not houses for the masses. They're very, um, they're very important sort of piece of architecture that are at the vanguard of architectural design. But contrary to the very sort of forward-thinking piece of architecture of the Bauhaus and the consequent um, estates that followed those they yeah they were made for the for the rich as opposed to housing for the poor which is sort of what this exhibition comments on in a very quiet way beside the strange installation which people might not quite understand of plants surrounded by crumbled concrete and compost which are laying or strewn across the gallery space. Yeah, Take me into the middle of the uh, <laughs> exhibition space where we see um, we've got four piles of uh, concrete rubble with um, a bit of greenery springing out of each but then mixed in with the concrete rubble around the outside of the central piece uh, we've got some very geometric, um, very functional um, flower pots and other designs? Um, so this is the most recent part of the body of work that's shown in the exhibition. I actually made this as an installation for the space um, and I put it together on Saturday. It's now Thursday. <laughs> if that's <laughs> relevant. Um, so this is sort of a comment on the um, development of the Bauhaus into the modernist architectural projects that sprung up in the 20th century across Britain. Sort of the estates that you might see, for example, in Hull Orchard Park. Um, estates that are thought, thought of as being quite horrible by the masses. But ironically, these estates were actually built for the people and to house the masses um, and they were built as a solution to housing crises back in the 40s and 50s which existed just after the Bauhaus school and all of those radical ideas in design and architecture and all of these estates were built across the country as places, utopian places to house the population um, in the installation there's these plants which are sort of palm tree-esque cordylines and plants with like lush green leaves and they're all sort of um, looking a little bit worse for wear and they're sort of amongst crumbled ruins of concrete and they're, they're supposed to be a comment on the, the ruined dreams of these architects and designers and the fact that they, they were sort of trying to build a utopian space for the masses to live in and they were trying to improve people's lives and then whether or not, arguably through various political ideologies, these movements were slightly quashed in the 70s and 80s and it was decided that these estates weren't fit for living in and that they'd be demolished 
um, they've, they've started to be, well, residents have started to be decanted and people have been uh, starting to be moved out of the homes across the country, mostly in London. Um, and they're having to leave these concrete estates that they've lived in their entire lives. These people see these places as home and they're having to be moved out of them because they're apparently not fit for living in. But where are these people going? <laughs> they're, they're leaving their friends and families and being decanted elsewhere across the country in many situations. And then there's just these ruined hopes of these architects with big ideas and utopian modern designs and yeah. all they were really doing was trying to improve people's lives. Yeah, yeah. So it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. So if modernism, if modernism was the solution in the, the post-war years uh, for Britain's housing crisis, um, is there an artistic solution to Britain's housing crisis in the, 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 the noughties, the 2000 and 2016, where we are today? Um, I'm not sure if there's a solution here. This exhibition is more of a comment on these ideas um, and a comment on what's happened over the past hundred years. But if you look to places like the Turner Prize, which is just beginning to come to its end in Glasgow, there's an architectural practice assemble who are a group of artists slash designers slash makers. And they're actually readdressing a lot of these issues and readdressing how how people can come in at not even people, how designers and architects can come in and change people's lives through good design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you hope that the the future is concrete, or is concrete now a wasteland? I don't know if personally I'm slightly biased. I love concrete. I think that it's such an interesting material. You look at a piece of concrete <laughs> and there's so much texture there. Is If you go to, say, the Barbican in London, you look up above you and there's this vast concrete ceiling. It's like a labyrinth. It, it's like a cathedral. It's like a modern sort of 20th century cathedral and it's it's actually sublime it sounds stupid to say but I think yeah there's still potential there yeah I think concrete is more attractive than than steel and glass uh Claire lovely to catch up with you thanks for chatting thanks for taking me around your exhibition thank you very much thank you